1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back
2: and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
3: Welcome to Wednesdays with Wombat with your host, Toby McKinnon.
4: Welcome to Trot's Life for your Wednesday edition. It is Toby McKinnon, the wombat, in the chair for the day. Uh, as per usual, I do have a theme to the show today. Sometimes I have a full theme, and today's theme will be the Harness Charity Challenge. Which, uh, you not on Twitter, you're probably going to know very little about the Harness Charity Challenge, and if you have resisted the urge of going onto a uh, social media platform like Twitter until this stage. This might be the one reason that uh, transfer, transfers you across to being a Twitter person. It's just an absolutely wonderful concept and raises money each year. And it just seems to be just a lot of fun as well. And people really enjoy it. A lot get stuck into it. And there's a real... Uh, it's got a life... Uh, the Harness Charity Challenge. With, uh, everyone starts off with a game plan and a tactic and this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to stick to and if I can just do this, I should earn this much and I can get the win. And then about eight or nine days out, it all just goes pear-shaped as people start throwing what is uh, commonly referred to as Hail Marys <laughs> to try and pluck a long-price winner and win the competition. There is a few people play it differently. Uh, Mister Mad Bet of the day, um, and I think most people know who that is anyway. He has a mad bet every single time. He, he has a mad tip on it. So, what we'll do today, we are going to be joined by last year's winner. Now, most of you will know him as at Remove the Lanes, or his name on there is Harold Parker which I'm pretty sure is just a play on words. I mean, uh, his next name might be uh, Mooney Valley or something. His real name is Jim, and that's about all I really know about him. I normally do a lot of preparation on my guests, and I've got background and horses they have owned and everything. Yeah, I couldn't find much out about Jim. So we know Jim likes having a little play in Tassie. We know he likes talking a little bit about Gloucester Park in Riverina form. His name's uh, Harold Parker. So we will find out a bit about last year's winner. He was in a partnership with Ashley, uh, the who is at Tolvent, and they won it last year. So between the two of them, uh, they're back in it again this year. They didn't just win it last year. They won it the year before too. Back-to-back champions. Now that is something. So they know something about harness racing. and We'll get to the bottom of that with... Mr. HP. We've also got the uh, organizer, Steve Pogger Salter is going to join us at midday. He was in meetings till twelve o'clock. So at twelve o'clock, we'll dive a little bit further into how the it actually works and runs. So you might be, if you ha- don't know anything about the Harness Charity Challenge, you might be a little bit blind at the moment, but. It's basically you've got to tip every day for the month of October and then the person that tips the most uh, with the pretend money that you have who returns the most wins the competition and all the money goes to their charity that they choose. Well, not all the money, but a large percentage of the money goes to a charity of their choice. So you play for your charity as such. Also, Cody Winnell from HRV will come on as well and he will be talking... uh, about his involvement in the Harness Charity Challenge. And finally, Aaron Azza-Brown. And there's a few reasons for Ari- Aaron being on. Uh, we can talk a little bit about his involvement in the Harness Charity Challenge and the beautiful story of Raw for Roscoe, uh, which uh, Pogger Solder told so eloquently last year. And we might get it from Aaron's perspective again this year, the horse. Who is racing today? They donated a share in raw for Roscoe to the Harness Charity Challenge, which is some sort of a um, to be auctioned off, and the money went to, of course, a charity in the end. So that is the pretense. The basis of today's show will be the Harness Charity Challenge element. Uh, I've have picked out a couple of tips won't be going to Bendigo tonight, that is for sure. So I do have a couple. It was a couple I was a little bit keen on at a bit of value at Bendigo tonight. Darren Carroll was on with uh, Gareth Hall and the Giddy Up crew uh, this morning. So we might be able to fetch that out as well for you to get uh, Darren's tips too at some stage. Uh, And the other thing I just wanted to pass comment on, I spoke a few weeks ago, about the Vic Bread series and the Homegrown, I don't believe it's working the way the Homegrown intended. You look at the race tonight. There's a horse like the Lost Storm who looks like it could be anything. It ran famously at Swan Hill and went a mile at of one fifty four five home in twenty five seven. It's it's it could potentially win the Vic Bread final. And the Breeders' Crown Final. And it's going around in the Homegrown Classic Series. I'm not sure that's originally what the Homegrown Classic Series was about. And I did do a take a few weeks ago about this. And we're going to see a real assault on this race with some of the best two-year-olds of the season. And I'm sure that wasn't really what this uh, race was programmed for originally. Because the Change of Series, it's sort of lost its way. I would... I would run the Vic Bread Series, vastly different, with quarterly fifty thousand dollar finals. So, in uh, three of them, uh, in at the end of March, end of June, and maybe the end of September. Uh, and you can only run in one of those three, and then just straight into a final at the end of the year, a hundred and ten hundred and seven thousand dollars, whatever the Vic Bread final is at the end of the year, as well. And there'd be no heats into any of those. I would just run. Uh, the top twelve prize money earners get straight into the final, and when actually at the end of the day, three fifty thousand dollars finals, and you've got twelve horses in each final. That's thirty six horse different horses. Thirty six different individual horses can go into a Vic bred final, uh, and also without heats and semis throughout the year, it just takes a lot of those early racing, heavy racing that those young horses have to do. We might get our first break away for the hour and come back and learn a little bit more about one part of the Dumb and Dumber crew. And I say that jokingly as Ash has the uh, Dumb and Dumber uh, Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn as his uh, photo on Twitter. So I can play a little bit with the old uh, Lloyd and Harry Dumb and Dumber as these two partner up, Ash and Harold Parker. Jim, apparently, his name is. That's all off the back of this ad. It'll make more – I had a break. It'll make more sense on the other side.
3: with Wombat on SEN Track
4: with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is Wednesday with Toby McKinnon. and I've interviewed a lot of different guests. I've never interviewed a former trotting track from Sydney, though. Harold Park, and I won't be either. Jim is on the line. Jim, firstly, mates, uh, how are you, and where are you today?
1: Oh, well, hi, Toby. Um, I'm good, mate. Um, very much looking forward to the uh, uh, the charity comp kicking off this week. And I'm actually um, I'm actually at work at the moment. I've just I've, I've just gone for a walk outside. It's a beautiful day in Sydney, so um, I'm just I'm
4: just grabbing some sun while I talk to you. What do you do for work, Jim?
1: Uh, I work on a um, I'm in supply chain for um, a German medical company.
4: Yeah, okay. So we uh,
1: yeah. So we've been very busy during uh, COVID and um, and so on.
4: Yeah, I'm tipping you. have. Uh, everyone's trying to get stuff imported. It seems to be impossible. But that's
1: right. Yeah, very expensive and difficult. Yeah. So it's uh, been been good though.
4: If you don't mind me asking, what sort of uh, vintage are you? It's hard on Twitter to pick it. That's all.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm um, I'm 48.
4: There you go.
1: Um, I've got um, uh, two kids. My oldest daughter turns 18 uh, on Friday, yep. which is horrifying. Yep. Um, and I've got a have got a younger daughter at 16. My partner in crime for the charity Combash, is an old fella. He's turning 49 soon. Uh, he
4: lives on the Sunshine Coast. Okay, so he's in the so tell us a bit about your background in harness racing because back-to-back champions in the harness charity challenge, there's obviously a fair bit of uh, history involved in harness racing. So first tell us a bit about your background in harness racing.
1: Yeah. So I've always loved, I've always loved harness racing. I can remember, um, I remember my first, uh, my first visit uh, to the trots that I can remember was um, going to the miracle mile with my dad that uh, our maestro won. Oh yeah. And, and and from that, yeah, I um I can remember as a young kid, um, Vin Knight was warming up our maestro and he was and of course as a kid I didn't know what they were doing in regards to the warm up pre race. And he was he was flying down the straight, um, you know, like three times faster than everyone else in the warm up. And I said to my old man, um, you know, what's he doing? Like he can't you know, like he's you know, like he's gonna make the horse tired and my dad said, no, nah, that's uh, Vin Knight just um I was saying the other five drivers, you know, like I'm here to do business and of course he, he flew out and then and slammed the brakes on and um and he won. So I've I loved harness racing from there and um even though I'm from Sydney I really loved um Bin Knight as well.
4: Yeah, which and, so many and my favorite do.
1: horse was Simbad Bay. Yep. Um Sinbad Bay was my favorite. Um I just thought he was amazing, so and with Ashley we started going to the trots when I was uh Sixteen to seventeen, we used to go to Harold Park every Friday night We'd make some school. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were able to sneak some some bets on with an old bloke that was kind of, you know, tucked away even though we were underage. And um, yeah, we had some great some great times at Harold Park for many years. And then when um, you know we got older and you know, people started to move in a state and, and now Ashley and I, you know, stay in contact via the trucks mostly. Yeah, um, and we uh, we chat often about the and family, it's it's probably our, I mean, we're best mates, but our connection often during the week is, oh, have you seen the fields for Launceston on Sunday night? You know, seen the fields for Hobart Friday and, yeah. So, yeah, like we tend to bet on Western Australia and Tassie. So it,
4: it's a real, like, an, it's an escape, isn't it? So you can ring up Ash and you can I get 10 minutes away from, Thinking about teenage daughters and work and life yeah, yeah, and everything—that's no, what it is. Just an that's escape, it is, because, isn't it?
1: Yeah, like we we chat. Um, so we're just texting Gina. most sort of Sunday nights. You know, like we pick out a few and um, and like we're pretty much on the same page with our with our punting as well, which is good. And um, yeah, so it is. It is really like it's a social you know connection for us. And and that's when you know after the races are done, you know how's family, how are the kids, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. Although he's in the Sunshine Coast, he may as well be next door.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a small world these days. So tell us who gets to choose each day you have to do a pick. Do you discuss that together or do Yeah, we we'll do, yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, so I've got um Ashley will do the um Ashley will do the, the Tassie Trots, and he's also pretty keen on the on the lower grade races at Redcliffe. Yeah. And then and then I usually come in and do the um like Western Australian uh trots when they're on. So we just we just do a mix of um he'll do he'll do Monday, Wednesday, sort of Thursday, Sunday and I'll do the three days um, you know, the other three days. Yeah, you know, Friday night gloss the Yep. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So yeah, it's been fun. We've only been in the, the comp twice, but uh I've done some sponsoring previously for the for the for the charity yep um i sponsored uh chris folk four years ago for 50 dollars uh for every win that he had that month yep and i think he had his best month ever he drove like a man inspired and uh <laughs> i think he drove 22 winners or 23 winners for the month
4: he probably wants so, you to do that again
1: yeah well the thing is i i um yeah the 1200 dollars. i thought hang on I'm better off just paying the 250 and going in the cot myself.
4: <laughs> 100%. <laughs> now, why WA trots? Why are you so interested in and you got so much knowledge on the WA trots and punting on them?
1: Well, WA trots probably goes back to like when Harold Park closed mm.
4: um and then started to have kids. um, I'd go
1: to work, get home, and then you end up with a, you know, as soon as you walk in. You know, like my wife's had the uh, baby all day or babies all day. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I'm up with the kids. And at, and at that time, Gloucester Park was kicking off at, you know, 9, 8, uh, sort of 9 p.m. Eastern. It's,
4: it's, it's so, yeah, yeah, so it's a Eastern. Yeah, so when the
1: wife goes to bed, I could just, you know, sit down and, you know, like started. <laughs> and that, that was how I got into it, really. And I'm a night owl as well, so it was good to just stay up and put on the trots. And when, you know, I also like to, I also like WA and Tasmania as well because, you know, there's fewer meetings and, you know, fewer horses yeah. to to really um, hone in on.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's a and, sm- I
1: think, and I think I think it's a trots punter. I think that's basically, that. you know, that's your edge. Like, you see the same horses going around every week and especially the way grading works. You know, like, you really like a horse that gets a win up, you know, goes up a grade or two and then you're just watching it as it comes back down the scale. And then, you know, numerically, they might not look good, but, you know, that, um, you know, they've been ticking on all right against tougher horses and then, Bang. And in a comp like the and in a in and in a comp like the harness harness racing comp, uh, especially with mid tote numerical horses that don't look that great are the ones that usually pay that bit higher on on mid tote. So yep, yep, they're yep. they're the horses that we kind of hone in on as well.
4: So tell us a bit about Dementia Australia. That's the charity you play for. And last year, just last year, this is they got a check of eight eight and a half thousand dollars, plus a bit of change as well. Uh, yeah towards them, which firstly yeah, why dementia australia and what it means to you
1: oh, well i was i was very close to my uh, i was very close to my grandmother um, and in her her final chapter she was suffering dementia quite 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 severely yeah uh, and i used to I used to visit her often uh in the nursing home and she was on a dementia ward and seeing her and you know like not only her and you know like an entire ward of Older Australians, uh, you know, doing it really tough, you know, with dementia and seeing that, you know, the nurses, how hard, how hard they have to work. Um, yeah, it, it was. You know, I mean, for me, it was just a no-brainer. Any, any, any money that can go towards, um, uh, you know, research into dementia and also helping nurses to be able to, to cope and to and to work with with our older Aussies. Um, yeah, like at every 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 cent counts. So it's a it's a great it's a great charity and i know that they appreciate you know the money that they've got for the last couple of years so yeah that's a it's a it's a good one i mean there's so many good charities you know <laughs> on twitter uh, like you see the charities that pop up there that people are playing for you know they're all worthy um, There's some great charities but we just go with dementia australia that's the one that's kind of closest to us
4: I think you touch on something pretty important with the Harness Charity Challenge. You put your 250 up and it's not necessarily going to your charity, but when you read the stories, and, and we'll have a number of guests, and over probably several weeks I'm planning on trying to get touch base with a lot of stories out of the Harness Charity Challenge. You don't really mind when you know it's going to a charity that's so deserving. As, as you touch on, they're all so deserving.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it's only, you know, it's only $250 and it's a lot of money for some you know, it's not it's not chump change, but really, two hundred and fifty dollars for a month's worth of fun. Um, you know, a lot of camaraderie on Twitter.
5: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, like a lot of you know, I've had I've had like I mean, the runner-up last year, Braden Howlett. I've had you know, twelve months of ribbing to him. So <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been fantastic. So who's it, a Tasmanian uh, yeah, as well?
4: So oh dear. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, oh, we think we think the Tasmanian planners are the best in Australia. So yeah which is and, you know harness racing proves it i guess
4: <laughs> which is interesting because many people look at Tasmanian racing and think it's the toughest to bet on because of the Beynole factor you know yeah well, i
1: actually from a punting perspective though as i was saying before you see horses moving up and down yeah mm-hmm. and i actually find like you know like the great horses are the ones that get bums on seats but i find just from you know the horses that you really like or the ones i follow you know, you know the slower the better sometimes because you know from a punting perspective, you know that's where you're going to get your value. It's it's the ones, as I said before, like numerically, you know, might not look great, but you know, like if you know the horses well enough, and with Ben Yell's team, you know, sometimes you're seeing them twice a week. You know, you know that, you know, you know that they're ticking over, and um, and there's some pretty good drivers down down there too that I'm, you know, that I think are underrated that um, you know, you can follow with uh. You know, without any worries about I'm like a run for your money, so that's always nice as well.
4: Now, now, did you have a an incident or something as a child? Uh, ten pin bowling. Ten pin bowling. Yeah. Why is that? Oh yeah, your Twitter handles remove the lanes, so I assume you got something against pin oh, no, no. Bowling. <laughs> no, no, remove the lanes.
1: <laughs> yeah, sprained <the> ankle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had to bring the curtain out.
4: <laughs> just made it. No, 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 that's just about street lanes, I'm not saying. I knew. Uh well we're poles apart because uh, I reckon Menangle should have a double sprint lane, but that that we'll have to discuss that. Oh you? Oh no way!
1: No, that doesn't need a
4: sprint lane. It'd be terrible. Needs a double sprint lane, and then then it changes the whole racing. The leader would hand up to anybody because you never, even if you get put through the fence, you're still going to get your chance. So I, I just think it'd open up, like open the races up. It'd be interesting to see how it go for a month. But we we dive we digress. That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, mate. No, I I. Oh, let's agree to disagree on the on the on the
4: cheat lanes. Now, one more <laughs> one more question, right? Ash's profile yeah. picture on Twitter is Lloyd yeah. Christmas and Harry Dunn off Dumb and Dumber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to lay claim to being one of them, and then obviously that makes Ash the other one?
1: Yeah, I'll be the. Um, uh, uh, so, which one's the best looking one of the two?
4: Oh, well, Lloyd Christmas is um the guy that plays Ace Venture He's Jim Carrey and Harry Dunn's yep. the other the other guy whatever his name was, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Oh,
1: I'll take, I'll take, I'll take Jim
4: Carrey then. Oh, you see, you're a class clown, <laughs> and Ash is the doofus. That's it, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, mate, that sounds about right. Ash, mate. Um, Firstly, congratulations on winning the last two years. Ash, sorry, Jim, sorry. <laughs> yep. Firstly, congr- congratulations on you and Ash winning the last two years, but more so congratulations what you've done with the Harness Charity Challenge. So you've donated $1,700 yourself uh, or well, yep. over the last three years which is a huge uh a, which is a great uh, contribution to the challenge and we look forward to following you over the next month and hopefully uh you you repeat it or anyway you have a bit of fun with it.
1: Yeah, cheers mate. And um good luck to everyone and and if uh, you know people are on the fence um about about going in or not or they're a bit short um yeah, I'll pop me a line and I might be able to chip in a you know a few dollars for you guys to be able to play as well. So uh, anyway, yeah, like if you're not in and you want to be in, do it. It's, it's, I mean, it's great fun, and Pogger does an amazing job um, over the month. I think he must live in a bunker or, or whatever, whatever he does. <laughs> yeah. But he's amazing for that month, and yeah. yeah so get in, have a go, and um, good luck.
4: Thank you very much, Jim. There's Jim. Uh, cheers, mate. All the best. We never got his surname, Jim. Harold Parker, remove the lanes all off Twitter. Uh, it's great fun, the Harness Charity Challenge, and. You see these tweets from people and it's going to be great to put some uh, personality behind uh, because he's quite a quiet sort of a guy on Twitter generally, but uh, great to put some personality behind it. And uh, he's only 48. I must admit I had him dubbed for a few years older than that. Sorry about that, Jim. Let's go to the news. Come back the other side. And I have found a couple at value at Bendigo that I'm a little bit keen on. You're
3: listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon.
4: So live studio audience here. I didn't start any fires, um, although my mum's probably listening with my three kids and my mum will say... Toby does like having a bonfire at home. uh, She might argue that points. And hello to the three kids if they're listening as well. Oliver, Eloise and Grace. Now, tonight at Bendigo, there's a little bit of value running around. So let's kick it off in race six. And yep, he's a mate of mine. I have not spoken to him. But Mark Lee Kaz is massive value, $9.260. Rent second last start through gate one, and they went 156.8 around Ballarat, beating 7.4 metres. Right. So let's say she goes to Bendigo, which is a quicker track, and she can run a similar time here. She's going to go very, very close. Polly Peacham is very fast out, will start from gate five, can probably get across, I would say. Mark Lee Cas ends up leaders back in that case. Worst case scenario might be three back defence if an ins a knight or something gets across first and then hands up the Polly Peachum. So if she's three back defense, two dollars sixty, the place is great value. So let's go on a game plan style. Fifty by a hundred on Mark Lee Kaz at nine and two sixty. Uh yeah, I think she's great each way play. And then a little speculative one, race eight, number eight, got to have a hobby. And it's trained by Ash Herbertson. Now, he just doesn't have ordinary horses, Ash Herbertson. He, he's he got it down from Queensland where he spent a long time in Queensland. Ash did. It's had two starts in Victoria, got checked at its first start at Echuca. Forget that. Then it ran ninth at Melton was a little bit disappointing, but that was 15 days ago, and I do like seeing a horse third up, but when they've gone ordinary and I like seeing a little 15-day gap, something wasn't right there, and I reckon something might be right now. Now, Mac Almighty, the favourite, drawn one, should lead. Got to have a hobby with James Herbertson on board, should be on Mac Almighty's back and should go at its best. Uh, it would go relatively close to winning this race. Well, it would win this race at its best, let's face it. Like, it's not that far back. You go to December last year, and it's running second in uh, almost metro grade at Albion Park. So it won't be far off these. Uh, I just think if it's a little bit of value anyway, 23 and 420, it's going to be on the leaders back and can sprint lane at Bendigo. And over the 16.50 at Bendigo, those that listen regularly would have heard me say this a few times, pegs, pegs, pegs is where you want to be. And we've picked out two horses here at a bit of value, Mark Lee race six number one and race eight number eight. Got to have a hobby. You should both be on the pegs. Say leaders back on tipping both of them. And at $9.260, Markley Kaz, 50 by 100. And got to have a hobby, 10 the win, 40 the place, 23 and 4.20 it is. They're away, the first at 10 worth. this horse galt badly. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back the other side. And old mate from Valvoline is going to join us to introduce Garrick Knight.
3: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon.
4: Horses that race in New Zealand, he knows when they have their first start in Australia. He tells us what oil the trainers use in their cars. Who knows? Night exports at gmail dot com. They know. Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. You know what I mean, Garrick? How are you, mate?
2: Oh, I'm not too badly, thank you, Valverde man. Um, I am. Just enjoying a mild, overcast day here in Auckland. Um, Yeah, I was sitting here an hour ago waiting for you to ring, and I got quite salty, actually. I was (laughs) cursing you because I I thought you'd stood me up. Um, And then I realised, bugger, it's actually daylight savings this past weekend, and we're an hour behind. So um, here we are. It's now 20 to 3. Very unusual for me.
4: Uh, Yeah, I could tell you a a long-winded story about uh, Daylight Savings Time and uh, how I went for a run one time, got back, uh, went to the toilet, uh, was busting as I raced through the door, didn't lock the door, and just stripped off naked, went to the toilet, and forgot it was Daylight Savings Time, and my girlfriend's parents walked in. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear was right. Anyway, anyway, uh, so we've all made a daylight savings mistake at some stage in our life. Now, mate, let's get uh, away from daylight savings and let's go to Newcastle and have a swell time, race one, number six, because we've got a bit to get through one way or another, I reckon, today. Okay,
2: yeah, swell time, um... Yeah, interesting there, this she's got a lot of ability. She yeah, okay. uh got through to she got through to the Group One company here at one point, or should I say, the trainer thought enough of her to put her in a couple of Group One Mayors races at Addington. I'm gonna say the start of last year. Um, she'd been in good form leading up to that. She's from the deep south, south and Steve Vaughy had her down there and um he's not afraid to sort of send them around the country. He sent them up here to Auckland a few times to Ray Green and, and Kyle Marshall and um, I think she went up for a stopover in, in Canterbury, Spring, maybe spring 2020, and she was going super. Um, the best version of her, I think, would just smash that field on Friday. But she also has languished since then. I don't know whether she got sick, had an injury, um, or other some such, but she certainly went off the boil um, the last 12, 18 months. Mark Callaghan Callahan has got her now... It still says the New Zealand breeder owners <laughs> yeah. their owner, but I dare say I got caught out with a the other leg a few weeks ago. Maybe they just haven't done the paperwork yet. Yeah.
4: Um
2: she she's she's got gate speed, she she can run the gate. She's um yeah. I would imagine she's quite low rated because even though she's got all the ability, she's only won four from thirty nine. So she's gonna get over there on a luxury yeah, a fifty three. Mm. Well, I tell you what, she's a lot a lot better than a fifty three on ability and just looking there that other horse in that same race from New Zealand, Silver Lady, as a comparison, or, you know, there's panels apart on New Zealand form. So, yep, uh, the Callaghan's might have, provided she's, you know, the, she's he- healthy and well and everything else, um, they might have picked up a nice wee buy there with that one.
4: The breeder might have kept her being a mare, uh, but, yeah, either Potentially, way. Potentially, he, yeah.
2: he's not, he, I can tell you from experience, he's not easy to buy off, um, he he, um, you know, I think he'd rather sell his wife before he sells his horses, and um, yeah. But look, uh, just generally speaking, I would just respect Mister Callahan. But if a, if a New Zealand trainer's owner is sending a horse to New Zealand, they they usually sort of go for the the Gath, the Stewart's, the McCarthys, those types, I guess. Um, so hey, it, it might be the case. We'll find out, I suppose, when uh, when the results come up after her first
4: one. Now, the next one we want to talk about is race six, number two, at Menangle, uh, Phoebe Onyx. And before you get into this, the Tony and Jill McGrath is a golden ticket race into the Inter-Dominion series. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to be two heats or three heats of the Inter-Dominion Trotter series. If there's only two heats, almost, you almost need to win one of these races to get in. Uh, once If you've won a group one race, you're automatically in. So there's about 15 of them. There's then there's six golden ticket races. That makes it 21, and then there's going gonna to be about three others that get in unless they extend it out to 36. Now, this makes this race incredibly important because the winner of this race gets in, and Phoebe Onyx comes right. over, first up for Kerry-Ann and Robert, Robert Morris, draws the front, and I'm very interested in what you're going to say because it could be an Inter-Dominion series, uh, and Golden Ticket in by, you know, 8.30 on Saturday night.
2: Could well be. As you say, it's a well-named um, uh, pathway series, isn't it, these Golden Tickets? Because they sound like they're going to be sought after. Yeah. Um, look, this horse. This horse's record speaks for itself. He's won 10 races in Canterbury as well, um, at Addington mostly on a Friday night. That's high-quality stuff. Um, what I would say is this. His best, asset is how genuine he is. His honesty. He trots the whole way. He's got a little bit of speed. Can do a little bit of work. Can follow. He's just the ideal horse you'd love to race. You know, if you had a stable like him, you'd be happy. The downside to him is I don't think he has that brilliance to be a legitimate, shall we say, into Dominion contender. Yep. He's not a. You know, he's not up with the the top half-dozen in each country, I wouldn't think. Um, but you're going to get a run for your money every time. So, yeah, look, that's a nice, as you say, it's a very strong field this week. Uh, regular tyres looking looking sharp, and, you know, Fahrenheit's come down, and there's a few others there. Like Van Sank's come down from Queensland as well. Majestic Simon, Caligula, local runner, So and Jack Trainers' one's got to be respected too. So it'll be hotly contested. Um, Kieran and Robbie, as we saw with Porto au prince um, yeah. they know how to get a ex-kiwi a, a a Kiwi horse ready so yeah, he he's going to be in the thick of this he'll be in the finish, no doubt whether he has just that little bit of brilliance to, to see off the mall in that run to the line, I, I don't know that's just my gut but um, regardless of what he does this week, he's going to be a great money spinner for his owners again, another one that's, that seems to show the old New Zealand owners, this one's a bit more of a curly one, I'm not sure if they've sent him over or not, maybe <laughs> yeah. they have Based, based on what, what his rating was here. He was getting, you know, he was, um, mind you, he was still competitive. Maybe they sold him. Who knows? I, I, we'll find out.
4: Yeah, one way or another we'll find out. Now, we might touch on the Golden Slipper as well, which will be run past midnight, I reckon, uh, in your time, which is a bit nervous, the Golden Slipper past midnight. But there's a couple of former Kiwis in this. Uh, Wasaka. Uh, I'm the Black Flash. There's another one, Fess Up, but it never actually raced in New Zealand, so uh, you might know a lot about it. But uh, the the favourite in the race is Never Ending, who is uh, five starts, five wins, and for Kim Prenderson looks some sort of a two year old drawn the pole. But Lasaka is joined the Bond Camp, and I'm the Black Flash is in the Carry Hall Senior Camp. So I would imagine they're pretty nice horses because they don't seem to buy ordinary ones from New Zealand, the Bond Camp and the Gary Hall Camp. So tell us a bit about it, mate. No.
2: Well, Never Ending's well named for me because um, if I was up in summer and watch Right to the Last Race at Gloucester Park. <laughs> yeah. and usually it's 3.30, bed, 3.30 bedtime. So, yeah. um, And I do do it quite a bit, uh, to be honest. Yeah, look... Um, Never ending's got the draw. It's going to be his race to lose. He he looks a freakish talent. But those two ex-Kiwis, not so much Fess Up. I think Fess Up, the Bonds, they bought him as a yearling. He was educated here with Brink Mangos and went over unraced. But um, I'm the Black Flash came with a huge price tag and reputation from Nathan Williamson in the Deep South. I know they didn't want to sell him, but the offer was just too good to refuse. And his first up win over there was was sensational. But as we know second-row draw in any race at Gloucester Park, much less a feature, is always going to be difficult. Mm. Lusaka, again, another one. Bonds, you've got to respect them and everything they do. They've got a great eye and a great checkbook for a good horse. This horse won first up at Addington. It was quite impressive. Um, I rung up to buy it the next day, and it was already sold. So, yep, he's um, he's probably the, the one to follow this week, I guess, the best chance of perhaps threatening never-ending. Um, but both of those two horses, I think, especially the Black Flash, long-term, are going to be horses to follow, for sure.
4: Is Wasaka on the next Golden Cross by Sweet Lou out of a Betters Delight mare?
2: Well, I don't, it, it, the amount of Betters Delight mares that went to Sweet Lou the last three or four years, almost he's going to leave about a billion winners on that cross, I would think, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is the it is the next golden cross. They've probably preempted it a little bit, but yeah, um, look, Woodlands needed to do something, didn't they? With that just just hundreds of betters like me is crying out for an outcross. So um, got on them. They had the foresight, and yeah, after a, we'll call it a slowish start from two small first crops. I think the first year he was a bit late arriving, that didn't help. But look, those third and fourth crops are massive. I think like over two hundred folds across the two countries, and you know Spirit of St Louis and a few others have really helped him. Um, solidify his name as a stallion
4: now, sweetly. Now, the the Victorian Derby heats are on, and there's a massive Kiwi flavour in some regard, isn't there? A lot of these have only been here for less than six months, and, well, one is raiding. Well, there's a few raiders. Ray Green's raiding with a couple, but Barry Purden and... Is it Scott Phelan? Yeah, Scott Phelan are are raiding with... Scott Phelan, yep. Yeah, with Major Perry, race five, number eight, and... In the history of Barry Purdon bringing horses to Australia, he's never brought an ordinary one. Let's face it.
2: No, and look, in the case of Major Perry, they sent him over at the start of the year to Paul Fitzpatrick yep. and he won a heat he won a heat of the New South Wales Derby and then he ran second in the final behind catch a wave. So uh, Leap sorry, to, fame. to fame yep. um, so that yeah lead to fame. So that, that's that's good form. He's he's had two starts back at Auckland recent, in recent weeks for two dominant wins. Um, but he's got the bad draw this week. Won the second line. So, what, there's two heats. I'm guessing, what is it? Probably be top five from each heat and maybe the next two fastest or something like that, I guess. Whatever it is, from the second line draw, Scott will be obviously just looking to make sure he doesn't run into bad luck. you praying that Matty um, Craven can either hold hold the lead or, or the trail. With, he's a son of a gun. and Yeah. This week, probably not, not the time to be getting onto Major Perry, I suppose, because they won't be looking for a gut buster, but he's he's as good as any of those other Kiwi breeds that are in that race, and I include Can't Find a Better Man, um, you know, Harania, Simply Sam, Mr. Abither, Just Little Sip. They're all really, really good horses, but Major Perry to me. Probably Major Perry and Can't Find a Better Man, I would say, are the two that have the most ability of those New Zealand bred runners. Um, it 's going to be fascinating this week as well, but especially next week, jeez, what a final it 'll look to oh. be. you know if you if you draw up the best five or six from each of those seats it's, I would argue it 's going to be probably one of the better derby fields we 've seen in a long long time so um yeah very very exciting
4: you were you were you, you started on this show with trivia through uh when I used to do the quiz can you name Don't Bar- do it don 't put <laughs> <laughs> and you name Barry Burden's two Victorian derby winners. Um,
5: uh,
4: Holmes DG? Yes. Ding. He won the New South Wales derby yeah. as well. Yeah. And we will go with...
2: Uh, I don't know. Did he train choking when it won? Did it win the Victoria derby?
4: Oh, I actually, I didn't go that far back. No, it didn't win the Victorian derby. Our uh, Maxim, which isn't that long ago, beat he trained the Quinella beat um, our Sky Major 2014. Yeah, two
2: very, two very good horses. Sky Major ended up in the States, and he's now a stallion back here in New Zealand. Our Maxim, jeez, I think he broke down two or three times. He was wonderfully talented. We never saw the best of him.
4: Bling it on, went around $2.10 favourite in that race. He started $4.50, our Maxim. He certainly can do it. Mate, uh, we've got to get away to a break. Thank you so much for coming on. It, it was an hour late, uh, so it's according to you, uh, but right on time according to us.
2: I will sit down later, and I will repent my sins for the cruel words I cast on you an hour ago when I thought you stood me up. I apologise.
4: That's okay. Thanks, Garrick. Garrick, Garrick, uh, night. It's hard with the Gareth and Garrick now. <laughs> it's difficult with Gareth All and Garrick Knight. Let's get our final break away for the hour. Still a big second hour to come. Steve Salter uh, and Aaron Brown and Cody Winnell.
3: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon.
4: Welcome back to Trot's Life. Patrick from Melton. Have I missed any discussion about Yarra Valley Garage Track stand on Cup Day, which is a unique and exciting two races? Have you ever missed anything on today's show, Patrick? And I think he's uh, well aware that uh, it was a document or a paper that I tabled in my role when I was at TCV. I'd love to see the grass track series come back with heats at a range of different clubs, both harness and gallops. There's lots of opportunities there. Some uh, grass track racing at at an Avoca, for example, or a a Werribee, for example, uh, to expand harness racing into different markets. Uh, Let's get to the 12 o'clock news and back the other side. The man of the moment. The man of next month. Steve Pogger Salter.
3: Welcome to Wednesdays with Wombat with your host, Toby McKinnon.
4: And the Holy Grail this year is the Harness Charity Challenge for the next month anyway and Steve Salter is on the line. Steve, firstly, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Hey,
6: Toby. Um, sitting at home today, uh, working from home as, as per usual these days. Um, so, yeah, a yeah, toss full of meetings today, is a bit unusual for me. But, uh, yeah, glad to be online, mate.
4: Very good, very good. you got a big month next month. So, uh, first, we better tell people exactly what the Harness Charity Challenge is. We had. Uh, I had Jim on from Harold Parker hashtag Remove the Lanes, uh, and I'm not sure you heard it because you would have been in a meeting. But you're gonna have to go back and podcast it.
6: Uh, did you actually find out uh, that was his real name?
4: Uh,
6: well, <laughs> I've been trying to ask that question for years.
4: Uh, Jim is all he answered the phone as Jim, and I referred to him as Jim, and he answered to it. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> Yeah,
6: well, I can give you a bit of a, I suppose, the history tour of the Harness Charity Challenge. Um, I think we spoke about it before, but um, in 2015, there's a guy called Sam um, Barker that um, was on Twitter, and I had my uh, subscription service running at the time, pogger Harness, and I think he was getting a bit sick of me tweeting out um, when I actually got a winner. The usual boom, bang. People get a bit carried away on Twitter when they get back a winner. Yep. Um, so he actually he actually challenged me on Twitter uh, for a tip off, um, and he actually put up a thousand dollars that if you can beat me throughout the month of, I think it was September back then, September two thousand fifteen. If you can beat me, I'll donate a thousand dollars to your nominated charity, and I put up the same and said, okay, challenge accepted, and let's have a crack.
3: Yeah.
6: Um, <laughs> so the, the two of us are putting out tips every day uh, throughout that month, and it actually got so much interest from others. People wanted to join. People wanted to oh, actually give us a bit of uh, feedback on our tips. Um, we pretty poorly that month. Um, but we saw an opportunity. So it was actually Sam who was, was speaking to me and said, Steve, I reckon we can make something of this um, going forward. Um, so we did. You know, I think 2015 was the first time we put some um, feelers out there to say, well, let's not make our thousands of dollars. Make it a little bit easier, and uh, made it two hundred and fifty dollars per entry. And I think that first year we had something like thirty people join us. So um, even at thirty, we thought, "Wow, this is this is a bit crazy. This would be out of control." We didn't realise that so many people would get you know, interested and in, and want to play uh, this competition on behalf of the charity. So, um, but yeah, so two hundred and fifty dollars an entry, and since two thousand and fifteen, Toby, so now we've kicked over one hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars raised. Um, for charity and uh hopefully a lot um a lot of focus on charities across the board that people haven 't known about we've heard some great stories all over the years as well and you know, some really emotional and, and stories across uh, across our time and uh, that 's one of the things i 've been really proud of uh through through this competition is really getting those stories out there and um and hearing it from um, why these people are playing for these charities it's um made some great stories and It's one of the things I'm most proudest about is uh, this Harness charity, Town's Up and Running, is um, hearing uh, that sort of stuff and and actually raising some well-needed funds for these charities uh, that deserve it.
4: So $250 entry and you've got a tip every day. So take us through the nuts and bolts of that. Yeah,
6: so if you want to follow, it's at Harness Charity is the the Twitter handle. Um, And now the competition now, as you say, uh, it's two hundred and fifty dollars to enter now that can be one person it can be a team of people however you raise that $250 we don't care right? yep. so we've actually got teams of people that go ahead um, Jim hopefully told you he's a team of two um, yep. so you know they they team up and won the last couple of years so we don't care how you entry uh, put your entry in it's just $250 um, it's one tip per day for the month of October so that's either $100 a win or $50 each way Um Every seven days, we have one golden punt. Um, I think we talked to Craig not, not long ago about it. he stuffed up the first year, stuffed it right up, because we had one golden punt for the whole month. That was $500. He landed a $20 shot and <laughs> just stuffed the whole competition up for everybody.
7: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've,
6: I've changed the rules because of Craig, and uh, we make it one golden punt per week, That's just where you can double your tip uh, and you must use your golden punt. Um we have bets on Australia or New Zealand harness only. So I think that's enough for me to manage. I think if we went to Canada or the USA, I think I'd be going crazy. Um, and then we've got the Jason Bonington rule as well. So if you fail to tip, you lose $100 in your total. So I think I have to remind JB um, twice or three times a day to tip. So it's good to say he's back in as well this year. And um, I'll have to get on to... Maybe I might have to hire someone to maybe, uh, give him some, a bit of a nudge. To make sure he's tipping every day,
4: an automated service or something, perhaps, to remind him.
6: Yeah, I don't know. We've got to think of something for for Bonner's. He's, he needs a little bit of help. Um, and the only other thing is the people have to tweet their t- tips out. So one of the things we have found is people can set up Twitter to get a notification when their favourite tips are put out a tweet. Um, now, if you unfortunately, if you follow someone that tweets. Every five minutes of the day, that's going to annoy the crap out of you. But um, there are actually people out there that, that set up a notification and saying, hey, so-and-so's put a, a tip out. I'm going to follow it and 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 back it. So yeah. that's the other thing, So yeah. It actually creates a lot of interest for people that want to have a punt on harness racing. You can follow your, you know, your favourite tipster, and we've got some really great tipsters in this year already. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can create some turnover for harness racing.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, and ultimately turn it the the uh, raised that pool there to for the winning charity or charities and was interesting and uh Jim touched on it too he's not he, he plays for dementia australia and he he's very proud of the fact they've raised money for dementia australia but he he wasn't fussed if someone else won the money for their charity because he just the the range of charities are also uh you know deserving of some support so you may be donating 250 to your charity, ultimately, or someone else's charity, but uh, ultimately, it'll be going to a great place.
6: Yeah, they're all fantastic charities that, that we've got uh, lined up. Um, already this year, there's a few new ones that I haven't heard of before, um, and it's just great to understand what they're all about and um, the people that they're actually supporting um, through their causes. So, yeah, like you say, the, the $250, sure, doesn't go to your charity unless you win something, but... Um, yeah, everybody's just happy to for for this money to go into to to a well deserving charity, I suppose, and um you know, it, it even just to hear as I say, some of the stories behind why people are playing for them um is enough you know we, we we really want to shine some light on some of these charities that especially we haven't heard of before um and hopefully it makes a bit of a difference for them in October.
4: As the organiser and coordinator of it, uh, you generally wouldn't be allowed to enter a competition, but seeing you make the rules, you're in it, and you're, <laughs> and you're playing for rare cancers, mate, and I know it's pretty special to you. Yeah, that's right. We, um, my cousin, uh, Roscoe, in the
6: 2020 season, actually, and uh, I was actually halfway through running the competition, so it was a pretty tough year. Um so yeah, Roscoe was a, not just my cousin; he was my, one of my best mates. So, um, and I was really thankful that um, we raised some money that year uh, for his charity of two thousand dollars, thanks to um, Aaron Brown and uh, Juanita uh, Brain, who put up you know the, the horse for for auction that me and a few mates got involved with, um, and all that money went to Ross's charity. So. Um, and Warfarosko is still running really well at the moment, so which is just great. We've got the whole family behind it, and he's, uh, all our family are, are tracking how Roscoe's going um, every time he runs. So it's just a really good story, I think, out of, of the Harness Charity Challenge. And I'm, I'm always thankful, and it's great to see that as is on today. Uh, you can have a chat with me about that, but yeah. I'm so grateful to, to Aaron and, and Wineta. who just gave us that opportunity to, you know, see home Roscoe every time he runs. It's been a fantastic. Uh, experience and, you know, I've actually got to meet two two great people too and and Aaron and and Juanita, they're they're fantastic and I can't thank them
4: enough for all their help and support. 100%, mate. How many entries are you up to this year?
6: Uh, We're currently at 39 um, and typically every year, uh, the last few days are a bit crazy, so (laughs) so we get the entries in pretty late. So I think we're at about the same Spotlight this time last year, we ended up with 62 entries. So, if we get around the 60 mark, I'm going to be really happy. Um, and that means, where are we at now? So, you know, currently, the, the prize pool for this year is sitting at $10,818. So, um, we're able to raise some money along the way. Um, I had some crazy pumps, I think, um, before that, the competition started, and we've managed to raise $1,068 before we started the thing. Um, but yeah, total prize money so far, just under the 11 grand mark. But we're
4: hoping to get around about 15,000, 16,000 for this year. Which will take the total up to close to $140,000 off what was just a couple of blokes uh, that were trying to outbull each other on, uh, it was old bull and young bull on Twitter, and it's turned into <laughs> raising $140,000 over the, over. well, this year we'll get to that sort of amount of money anyway. Uh, which is an amazing thing, and I think, for, well, it's not just the charities, it's the connections and relationships it's built on Twitter as well, mate, and within the harness racing industry, fabulous stuff.
6: Yeah, uh, it, it has. Like, there's some people that I would have never have known um, throughout Pearson and others, but also now have become probably even lifeline friends, Um and one one of the things we have now to do, thanks to COVID, is actually get together after it. So I we've had a couple of parties post um, the hardest charity challenge at Melton um, and the like. So we'll probably look to do something like that again in November and hopefully get a lot of these people together if we can. Bit uh, tough a lot of people in different states, but where we can, we want to get some people together and you know have a bit of a laugh about the month it was. Um, hopefully, um you know. The, some of those egos bounce off each other again and, and, and get a few bulls in front of each other and have a bit of a laugh. But um, yeah, you're right, mate. There's some fantastic relationships that are formed. And, um, you know, a lot of us own awesome together now as well. So yeah. um, it's amazing how far it's gone.
4: 100%, mate. I'll let you uh, enjoy your last few days of freedom before you bunker down for the month. Right? <laughs>
6: <laughs> thanks, Toby. And thanks so much for your support and SEN um, Track as well. It's uh, really appreciated.
4: Thanks, Bob. No worries, mate. Let's get a break away, and we will go to Cody Winnell, who's, of course, HRV General Manager of Marketing or Media or whatever his title is, Media and Communications. I should really know it, seeing he's uh, technically my big boss, uh, one of my big bosses. I should really know that, shouldn't I? And we will talk at length about the 1991 Queensland Derby won by Barrabort. No, sorry, we will talk about the Harness Charity Challenge.
3: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. King of the clouds, Nabel, Robin, Lucky by Abel, Jet Raider and
6: Old tar box. They went 28-7 down the back, and this leader is scooting. Impressionist, two, now two and a half to Chrisfield. Then Stabiliser battling on, and Barrel Boy coming to the outside to chase his stablemate. Impressionist led for home. Barrel Boy in hot pursuit. Impressionist the leader, but Barrel Boy's coming at him. Impressionist and Barrel Boy. Impressionist in front. Barrel Boy cuts him down, grabs him, and Barrel Boy wins the derby. Barrel Boy has beaten impressionist
4: and they get Welcome back to Trot's Life. Barrel Boy winning the nineteen ninety one Queensland derby. Just a magic memory. Cody Winnell, how are you, mate? Going well. I tell you what, Toby, <laughs> I'm going great guns. I haven't had
0: such a relevant and uh, and fantastic introductory wrestling style theme song or theme, right? Since the Finger Boy song in my Year Twelve awards about twenty odd years ago, uh, Barrel Boy, uh, he has sort of become my boy, hasn't he, Tobes? Uh, all through
4: you. Well, yes, you mate. You chipped me once for mentioning too mentioning him too much on radio. So <laughs> that was just. And like... I've never had an interview with you since on any platform where you haven't raised it, Tobes. Yeah, correct. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. And well. We're having a bit of a joke and stuff, but there's something pretty serious next month that we need to talk about, Cody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, harness Charity Challenge Month. I mean, this is one of the great months on the harness racing calendar. So <laughs> it is, isn't when it? you when when you look at it, you know we've got the great racing starting off um, with Victoria Cup Night. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, and smoking up sprint this weekend. This sort of kicks off a huge, I guess, four, five, six months almost of just you know fantastic feature harness racing, but that October coincides with what has become uh, probably the uh, major harness um, event, for want of a better term, (laughs) on social media.
4: Yeah, it is. Take us through the dynamics of it. I reckon you've come between 5th and 10th for about five years in a row. Uh, You always seem to get a profit. Take us Mm. through how you tackle it and and how you're going to tackle it this year.
0: Yeah, it's um, I've been very consistent, but it has frustrated me no End that I haven't been able to crack it for the win. And I think it was one year there where I set the pace for quite a while, um, got lucky early, I will say, with a couple of roughies and, and and had a good lead, and then it sort of got whittled away. And then at the end, you've got to hold on as hail marys are just coming from left side. <laughs> <point. laughs> People picking, you know, golden punts on uh, on two hundred on to one shots, and if you lob one of those, it's. Uh, you know, the competition might as well be yours. So, it's a, look, in terms of strategy, if I was to put the serious hat on, say how can you approach it, early doors for me, I just want to ease into the competition. What I don't want is I don't want to start with seven days in a row of strikeouts. Yeah. So early on, look, I'm I'm always searching for the best value, okay? That's that's crucial to this competition over the long run. So you do need a bit of luck. You've got to get one at a, at a price occasionally. So you've got to try and find something that, you know, backable odds that said if there's nothing you can find that's you know uh, tempting you too much on a race day you'd sometimes just have to put your 100 on an odds on shot just so you don't lose that 100 that day because losing 100 and going into the negatives psychologically that's not great and <laughs> you don't want to start off you know negative five negative six negative 700 because then you're starting to think okay the pressure's on to find something just to get back to even yeah and what point so it's all about momentum
4: It it is, and I remember sitting in the offices with you and basically working out, we need a $48 shot here, so we've got to find (laughs) something at $48 or better so I've got a chance of winning this. And probably from about, what, 10 days out from the finish, you have to really assess where you're at, and that's when, as you alluded to before, the Hail Marys begin.
0: Well, let's say that, you know, so we've talked about the opening week, so let's say you, the last 10 days, right, If you're miles behind, then you are going to either fall a lot further behind because you're going to be going for long shots to try and catch up, which rarely win, right? Or if you're in the lead, you're probably starting to play it safe and you're starting to go for odds on shots just so you can maintain your advantage that you have to that point. But this is the great art of the comp. If you play it too safe, you will very quickly lose ground yeah. because there are too many and this is crucial there are too many good tipsters and punters in this competition right to play it safe they will come at you at the end and they'll come at you hard and fast because and this is the greatest piece of advice i can give listeners here toby yeah october is your best month you know how you have tipping services that you have to pay for all the code <laughs> yeah, this is october great. is the best month just to follow hashtag harness charity challenge and you will have the best form analysts in the land giving their intel away for free on Twitter, and the amount of people who make a profit, uh, um, return on investment by the end of the month, it's extraordinary. It just goes to show that Harness is a fantastic wagering product. This is a great advertisement for that.
4: Doesn't pride do a lot to people? (laughs) They wouldn't give their tips away for nothing normally, but you put pride on the line, and they are absolutely doing it. 100% 100% and the other
0: thing is of course the great causes on on a yeah. on a serious note I mean there are so many wonderful causes and there's different ways you can approach that too you know um uh, I had a, a personal uh, MND situation um one year that I uh, so I wanted to, to raise money for MND so you know having a having a a competition like this allows you to do that then you have other people who are raising money for people who are going through their own battles whether that's family or friends or acquaintances and then you have uh, just organisations that you really respect the work they do. And, and, and you could choose uh, to support an organisation or you can choose to support Hero in the harness racing. You know? So many great, wonderful causes, but such a huge spectrum of different causes, Toby. And I just think that's wonderful. And, and the job that Steve uh, pogges has done over the years, I think it's 125000 yep. uh, you mentioned, yep. uh, of, of dollars raised for so many great causes. And already, what ten and a half thousand in the pool this year, and hopefully off the back of this radio show, you know, we've got a bunch of late entrants. Um, it's just wonderful. It's a feel-good month. It's a great month for harness racing, and uh, and I can't wait for it to kick off. The
4: the charities you touched on the wide range. Last year, I think you played for Yulari, which most people mm. wouldn't know anything about, and this year the Smith family.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, and so. What I what I tend to do is uh, go through each year and try and find a charity that it might not be you know getting a lot of mainstream coverage, and, but that does uh, really worthy worthy things. Um, and in terms of the Smith family, that's one that I've come back to a few times. I've been a a long time sponsor of a child through the Smith family. I think they do wonderful work um, in the education space for uh, children who, because of poverty, are disadvantaged when it comes to their schooling and, and having an education. And I. Firmly believe that every child in Australia should have the right uh, to an education, and I don't think poverty should stand in the way of that. That's not fair, and I think uh, the Smith family does a fantastic job. So uh, I'll be playing as hard as I can, Toby, to try and raise some money for the Smith family this year.
4: Yeah, well, I know you will be, and, uh, mate, we uh, love the fact you're on board. Um, It's in your own right, of course, not with HRV, and, yeah, hopefully this show does get... And we, we really want to probably get to 75 entries. If Pogger's still listening, yeah. he, he may not think that sounds so great, but wouldn't it be great to get to 75 this year? It would be magnificent.
0: And, uh, yeah, the work you're
4: doing to promote it is uh, is really
0: important, Toby. So thank you on behalf of Pogger and all those who are playing uh, for promoting it because we all need to, you know, keep promoting this sport and this industry. And uh, this month is just uh, – it can't be underestimated just how much uh, – the opportunity, I guess, that Harness Charity Challenges allows the sport to get um, for for a variety of reasons, uh, mainly because if you follow the tipsters,
4: you can make a few bucks and uh, they're all putting it out there for free every single day. And particularly the golden punts because people, if Mitch Sidey, just to pluck one, if Mitch Sidey has a golden punt, you just got to go out and back it, don't you? Doesn't well, matter. if he
0: puts yeah, so let's say he's got one at twelve dollars and he says, you know, I'm I'm golden golden oh. punt this for the winter day. Well, you'd be you know one thing, it ain't starting twelve
4: dollars. <laughs> Correct. It's probably gonna run three dollars. Spot on. <laughs> All right, mate, we're gonna have to go get to the news. Thanks for coming on. Always great to catch up every so often. And uh Don Bradman uh is what I might term you your new nickname, the barrel boy. <laughs> fingers crossed for this year Toby, love your work no worries Katie let's get to the news and we might try and dig up and Tomo doesn't know this yet so he's going to have two minutes to do it the Darren Carroll's tips from Giddy Up and see who he was tipping for a Bendigo tonight plus I've got a couple of value
3: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Morning, Gary. Um, yeah,
5: pretty tough night tonight. Yes. Um, yeah, six of the ten races are flooded with odds on favourites. Um, so, slim pickings, but we found a couple of races that, um, you know, still pretty short, but I really like them. Uh, we'll start off in race seven, number eight, Chardonnay. Um, it's had three runs for the Tyndale stable, uh, in form stable they are. So two wins in a second. Um, it's not the quickest of front rows tonight, so a lot of, it's going to be depending on what happens early. But I think Elena from the pole is the likely leader because Harry Hu who's right in the market, is the other one with gate speed. But if it's used up, then it doesn't tend to finish off, especially over this distance. So I'm banking on. Um, Alina leading and Chardonnay sitting on its back and if that's the case I think it's every chance up the lane late and um, I think it's a nice bet tonight it's so around about even money at the moment but might get out a little bit because of the awkward jewel later on so race 7, number 8, Chardonnay and then the best bet of the night comes up in race 8, number 1, Mack Almighty um, this has had one run for Susan Hunter um, in that run at um, exact same conditions as tonight, Bendigo um, sprint distance through the pole led quite easily so i see that happening again tonight the difference was last week it had uh, a horse called non-parereal sitting outside and just beat it they come home in 26 nine um, non-parereals in the oak seats on saturday night so it goes to show how strength uh, stronger that horse mm-hmm. is in the form around the race so i think if it can get home in a 26 nine or even close to that tonight it will be winning so um, race eight number one mac almighty very confident it will be winning tonight so race 7, number 8,
0: race 8, number 1, Mackle Might. You do a terrific job for HRV at the trials. You were there yesterday with Timmy O'Connor. Who impressed you the most there from those Melton trials? And there were superstars everywhere you looked, Darren.
5: Yeah, there sure was. Um, Ladies and Rand was fantastic. Um, but the, you know, Emma Stewart domination was was, uh, was right out there. I thought Phoenix Prince trialed really well. Okay. Um, but the one that caught my eye... Mostly was um Cherokee Joe for Greg Sugars. Uh, it trialed against Longfellow and Tough Tilly. But it had um, you know, follow me next art all over it. Um and then Captain Belisario it was really good too. It settled a lot better, It'd been pulling a lot in its races of recent times, so um it'll be the one to watch for over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I really like the source. Captain Belisario got lightning speed.
4: She- <laughs> if We are uh, back live now and I wanted to catch up on them just because I wanted to catch up on them. So the listeners can as well, actually. So Darren Tipping, race seven, number eight, and race eight, number one. Now, I was a bit keen on race six, number one. Mark Lee, Chasm, and each way basis, $9.260. I think it sits. Gets a great pegs run. It's been going much better this campaign as a free legged pacer. And I think it'll put in a great side. It's real each way value more the more the place than the win. I think it's a sort of five by ten sort of proposition. Mark Lee has. and I did like a little speculative bet on race eight number eight. Got to have a hobby and hearing Darren there tipping Mac Almighty the one. I think Mac Almighty leads. I think Got to Have a Hobby can certainly track it through and at its best. And it's been it's, it's had two ordinary runs in Victoria. I can I, I understand that, but it's had. F- Two weeks off since its last start. I think it'll be a bit fitter, a bit more forward. uh, Third up in its preparation, this campaign. So I think you can work around them quite well. A little 1-8 Quinella or have a trifecta 1-8 field. uh, One to win, eight to run second and field to run third. Or one to beat field and eight to run third and put a little bit of value in around uh, that race eight tonight at Bendigo. Let's get to our first break of this little half an hour and come back the other side with Aaron Brown.
3: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby
4: McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It's been a great Wednesday with Wombat so far. We've got one last guest, another Harness Charity Challenge devotee, Aaron Azza-Brown. Aaron, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Yeah, good,
7: thanks, Tobe. Uh, I'm in uh, sunny Nogambi. Well, sunny today anyway, which has been good. But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's me. Just uh, uh, out doing some
4: lawn. Are, y- are you mowing lawns on a, using a boat or something at the moment? Or what are you t- uh,
7: No, it's actually <laughs> been pretty good. It's uh, It's been windy this morning and uh, it's drying
4: out nicely, so it's good. Good grass-growing weather. Ka-ching, ka-ching, yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Now... Let's talk Harness Charity Challenge. How many years have you been participating as an entrant?
7: Uh, I think I came in late, so three or four years now. Um, jumped on board after watching it uh, for, for an, a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, thought I'd get involved and uh, put something back in.
4: And for those that don't know, your involvement in harness racing, how did that come about?
7: Oh, well, my, my father actually had... Years and years ago in Tassie, so I didn't have a lot to do with them as a kid growing up. But uh, and then uh, when when and I uh, met and, and got together, that sort of uh, reignited the uh, the interest and passion, I guess.
4: Do Do you get out and work them a bit with Juanita? Anita Breen, we're talking uh, that's,
7: about. <laughs> that's that's the morning job, mate. So yep. uh, you know, generally five five thirty, I we were up, feed up, and uh, I normally do a, a couple of trips. Um, dog or hobble, and then uh, head off uh, on the mower a bit later on.
4: Very, very good. Now, take us through the story with Raw for Roscoe. We heard a little bit of it from Salter, but uh, what was the inspiration for it? And and take us through that from your end.
7: Yeah, well, it actually wasn't the first time we'd done it. We uh, auctioned uh, share off at the bloke's biggest lunch in Shepparton, um, actually uh, the rock god. So, um, oh, yeah. uh, so that was a few years back when he was just a yearling. So, uh, they came down, they got purchased 10%, came down, had a look and wanted to buy another 10%. So that was all for charity. And, um, after getting involved with the harness charity challenge, uh, we, I talked to Anita and we had a couple of yearlings there that had, had, had a couple of preps and we thought, well, let's, let's put something back in and, um, you know, do something nice. And, uh, you, you know, Pogger goes to huge lengths to run that each year, a lot of his time. And yeah. we just thought uh, it would be nice to do something that could put some significant money back into the, the charity.
4: Which it did. Um, and <laughs> as the story goes, Pogger went and put the share in the horse himself, which is which is a great result in the end, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, um
7: I think he got three of his mates, you know, who are more galloping people. So uh, probably a few new people into the sport to follow. And um, obviously, um, you know, as it turned out, it was a bit of a fairy tale. First start at Cranbourne, he he got up at odds. And um, uh, yeah, it was just uh, a perfect beginning to what was a a great story, I think.
4: 100% mate. Now you're playing once again, I think you were last year as well, the Lyndon Beard family. Take us through their story and, and why you're playing for them.
5: Well, there's,
7: there's a group of us. Uh, when I grew up in Tassie, I played a lot of cricket. Um, and there's a, a group of us, uh, about 15, 20 of us, that uh, played with and against each other for many years. So every, every year we have an annual luncheon, whether it be in Tassie or interstate. Um, and Lyndon's uh, one, of those, uh, one of those guys who um, joined us for lunch. Uh, he's been on a bit of a battle with uh, bowel cancer the last few years. You know, I'm a young guy, uh, I think sub-50. So, um, you know, he's been through a fair bit. He's still going pretty well at the moment. Um, and just uh, hoping to win a few bucks and, and give the family something to do, maybe go on a holiday, something like that. Because the family's often the, the people that are uh, forgotten um, as well. They, they go through the whole journey with them and... Um, so it'd be nice to do something for them if I can uh, back a few winners this year, Tate.
4: What's the plan? Have you got any any is there something you're gonna produce at Big Odds that uh, you're setting up for the month so you can win this competition? You wouldn't go to those lengths, would you?
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, well, our stable generally goes around a reasonable back of the odds, uh may not this Sunday, but um you know, uh I, I normally I normally uh have a crack at the long shots to try and uh Get in front early, but I might have to change the strategy this year. has not worked too well in the
4: past. <laughs> so you're a lot, you're a Hail Mary from the start, are
7: you? Yeah, go go hard early and uh, see if you can get a head start. Um, but uh, I might have to might have to switch that up this year. Try something a bit different. Stay stay in contention a little longer.
4: Hundred percent. Who you got on Sunday? Uh, racing Bloody uh, Moon, I imagine.
7: Ago, so, uh, oh yeah. Timely, timely call. He's he's back. Um, he had, uh, he had a little um, little setback, you know, just precautionary, really. We just wanted to make sure everything was 100%. Um, so he's, he's back. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't get enough, you know, racing and work to him to consider the derby heat. So uh, we'll take the um, easier pathway with him. And um, hopefully, all going well, he'll front up at the back end of the year for the Vic crown. And, and Vic Bread will roll the dice with him in, in those.
4: If he just matured that little bit extra between now and December, making a VicBrett final is a realistic target, is it not?
7: Well, we have a really good opinion of him. Um, and he's he sort of under the radar a little bit because he, he does have a few quirks in his racing pattern. Um, yeah. He switches off, uh, you know, you know um, even in the field he can switch off a bit. And it's not till you know, you eyeball him that he's sort of, wakes up so um yeah look, look, maybe it'll come in time um tobe maybe maybe yeah, that's just going to be him uh, we we sort of we're, we're hoping he, he'll switch but um maybe um a bit of metro racing might do him good you know he's performed well in a couple of metro races he's had against some quality horses like captain ravishing and Kafaji. so you know uh, i'm not saying he's in that uh bucket of horses but certainly um he hasn't disgraced himself in the past. So um, at the end of the day, irrespective of what happens, uh, you you know, if he stays in one piece, I think um, the boys can have, and Pogger can have a lot of fun with him for the next, you know, four or five years.
4: I was a bit quirky as a teenager, would you believe, and 30 years later, I haven't really changed. So... Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> yeah,
7: no. Well, you know, fingers crossed. But uh, he, he does have a good turn at foot, and um, he's he, you know he's had to do it tough in a few runs and, and stuck on really well. So he's got a bit of bottom to him as well. Aaron, but he, as I said, he he really hasn't had a chance to sit on that genuine speed and and um, get a get a trip into it. So yeah, you, you know, um, maybe Metro Racing might give him that opportunity.
4: Aaron mate, thanks for coming on and, and love having you a part of the uh Harness Charity Challenge and uh look forward to seeing you get a, a Hail Mary in the first week and blowing them out of the water and uh <laughs> and and the whole Raw for Roscoe thing was a wonderful wonderful, wonderful uh sentiment from both yourself and Juanita. So uh we follow that journey as well.
7: My pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me.
4: There's Aaron Brown taking a break from the lawns this afternoon. As we wrap things up here, we've got the Palmer bet to update is back upon us, so that will kick in at 12.55. We've had a bit of a sort of sentimental couple of hours, and i put it out to the SEN family to send in a whole bunch of love this afternoon because today it'll be David Taggart's first shift back from after the passing of his father, uh, and he'll be on with Sammy Highland and... On behalf of everyone at Trot's Life and myself, we uh, we wish Tags all the best and the condolences for that passing of his father. And I just want to see that text machine light up this afternoon with a whole, whole lot of loving for our great man, David Taggart. That has been Trot's Life. Great to catch up with some Harness Charity Challenge and i think we might do a bit more of this over the coming weeks because there's so many stories involved entwined into the harness charity challenge and we'll uh, bring a few more guests in that have entered and have got charities to play for and we'll get to know a few of these characters off twitter a little bit better as well wasn't jim a character he has got a bit of character about him uh, old mr at remove the lanes and I wouldn't mind having a beer with Jim, a beer or two, actually, and discuss uh, sprint lanes as we're poles apart upon it, but I'm pretty sure we'd settle it at the end and just have another beer and happy to accept each other's opinions. It's been a great show for Trot's Life. We'll be more tomorrow as we'll turn our attention tomorrow to Melton, Saturday night, which will be, it's a massive to racing, Derby heats, Oak heats, Uh, the Smoking Up Sprint as well. Have a great afternoon on Trackside.